sage when you walked in Cause I have no idea where you've been What kind of energy you conjuring What kind of spells you be casting I lit a sage when you walked in Cause I have no idea where you've been What kind of energy you conjuring What kind of spells you be casting Hi, welcome to Cheers and Queers, a boozy podcast about black queer life. I'm Ishoke, a student and consultant, even though Kiri hates that word. <laughs> I don't hate that word. It's just you you need to be more specific, girl. <laughs> I'm Kiria. I am uh, a bucket of tears. Ah, yes, good. <laughs> Um, first things first, as always, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is cheers, the letter N queers. Um, and you can use the hashtag cheers and queers and pod in to follow the conversation, to let us know what you're drinking while you listen and to, of course, find other queers. Yeah. And while you're out there on the webs, uh, scroll down to your, uh, favorite podca- podcatcher. Maybe it's iTunes. Rate us. Give us a review. Tell us how great we are and tell other people that they should check us out. Yeah. You want to check in? Let's check in. Let's get into it. Okay. So today's check-in is, um, pronouns. And what do you do or where do you go when you need space? And what do you mean by that? Because there's, you know, two ways I could think about that. There's space like, I need space right now. Or there's space like going to a space, mm-hmm. checking out other people in space. So what do you mean? Um, I mean, I mean a, a, a space like where with other people, um, where you know you feel like you can like be seen um as your whole self right as opposed to like picking an aspect of self to be like you don't have to like it's not like a woman's space or it's not like a a queer space but a space where like you can just be all of the pieces of yourself Mm. and like seen in all of those ways um Mm. yeah so so where do you go when you need that so where's my utopia Okay, yeah, I'm on it. Go. Okay. <laughs> uh, me first, you first. Uh, I think I go first because you went first last time. Um, hmm. So she, her, and ma'am. Ow. Um, and hmm, where do I go? I feel like I usually go to some sort of event with the Audrey Lord Project. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's like a workshop or you know, chilling and grilling or something, like something where I don't have to like choose a piece of myself and I don't have to talk to anybody if I don't want to. Because mm-hmm. if, if I go into that space and say I need space, everyone will respect that, right? And no one's going to like push me about it. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why that community is still still really important to me. Mm, that's lovely. Um, so, Kyria, she, her, and femme if you're nasty. Ew. And... 
Yeah, you you definitely named a space that is really important to me. Um, lately, I think I've I've really um, reverted back to an earlier way, like young Kyria, of making space with one or two people, mm. where um, which is, you know, you could argue, well, that's just hanging with the homie, which sure it is, but for example, I really I'm a writer. I really want to retreat right now. And I've been texting some of my best femme friends being like, who got the time to do a retreat with me this fall? Because let's make the space that we want to be in. And it might be one person in me. It might be another person. But so it's usually another individual or a couple of individuals who share an identity with me as a black femme, queer um, writer. Mm. That's that's my space right there. I just got to myself just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, word. Uh, and I think something that is really important, and I, I'm only saying this because I'm like, I, I like to look at our reviews, but looking at our reviews and, and seeing people say that, like, we help them make space. Right. Yeah. Your space might be in your headphones. Right. And like digitally or like on in the hashtag or like whatever, like just being able to like identify that and and go to it when you need to is is really important and and I like really do want to like hold and honor the folks who are saying like we are part of of their space. So. Right. Yeah, I think I think what we're naming is that even if you are really introvert identified, even if you are um unable to access other, you know, flesh and blood human beings, you can mm-hmm, still create mm-hmm. a space for yourself that is about being seen and reflected in your identity. And, you know, thanks God to the, thanks goddesses, <laughs> to the podcast realm and the digital spaces for making that more possible for people, all, yeah. all different levels of access and needs and word. Word. talk about what we're drinking yeah tell us so we are drinking something that is uh, spicy (laughs) (laughs) um so it's called the old vermont um which will become apparent shortly as to why that's relevant (laughs) (laughs) so it's gin maple syrup uh lemon orange bitters and that's it it's strong it's mostly gin (laughs) y'all It's good, though, and it, I, I'm feeling a little under the weather in a lot of ways. Word. It's really cleaning up my sinuses, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is spicy. Mm. Um, so, we'll yeah. have the link to the, uh, or rather the list of the ingredients yeah. in our notes, so if you want to pause right now, uh, get yourself down to the liquor store, get what you need, make a little cocktail, follow, mm, drink along with it up, us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll uh, embed some uh, drinking moments for the audience <laughs> as we go through today yes <laughs> perfect so this episode is about like space and place right and i think something that we wanted to talk about sort of with each other was like what was the first time you found like your place where you were like oh snap this is it and yeah can i introduce a little Mm -hmm. so we are moving into the fall here in new york on the east coast 
and at the time i think barely <laughs> barely but well there was like four days when it was suddenly fall <laughs> facts um which is abrupt for the system uh i got real sick um mm-hmm. but this is a time i think when we are looking ahead into a season as they call cuffing season is upon us <laughs> The draft pick begins. People start moving inward and we start thinking more intentionally and more um, carefully about where we want to be, when we want to be, because it's harder to get outside and it's um, less, you know, when it's summertime, you just put on a bra, maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe some panties, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> and you head on outside and you see where the wind takes you. But this fall and then winter, it's like, you got to have a plan. <laughs> Right. Where are you going and why? (laughs) (laughs) So we wanted to talk about space and what that means to us um, as black queers in an urban environment who has both had semi-rural experiences, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, the question again is where was or what was it like the first time we found like our place? Mm. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had many... uh, not many, but like a couple different sort of generations of that as I've learned more about myself. Mm-hmm. So there are a mm-hmm. few markers mm-hmm. of those places in my mm-hmm. life. What about you? Do you feel like it's been one thing you found it and that's it or it's no, evolved? I definitely feel like it's evolved as, as I've evolved. Right. And as I've grown, but also as I've like become more self-reflective. Yeah. Um, what was your first? Uh, the first place is always the stage. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> that's my uh, poet snaps uh, yes um, it's always been the stage like little me I'm I hope these videos die in a fiery death oh you just told people the videos oh yeah but they're on VHS okay. in somebody's basement you good um, and like I said I hope they die a fiery death because there are somewhere there are like videos that were made on a camcorder of like me being Dorothy right in the Wizard of Oz or like me singing the solo at the Christmas school spectacular like or whatever like I've always loved the stage and that you know I I that is a place performing is is something that still you know is is a place for me um but yeah the, the first time that I was like yeah this feels great I feel like people see me yes is, is a stage I have a very similar experience actually so um I, uh, for part of my life and my youth, my, I lived in a rural area mm-hmm. and like when a lot of people who don't have rural experience hear that, they're like, Oh, like the suburbs. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Like dirt roads and like nobody for miles kind of rural. Like no cell service. Yeah. That kind of rural chickens. And so <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which I joined the 4-H club cause that's what you did. Cause there was not a lot else going on. Um, and then I uh, campaigned to be the 4-H club president. Yes. Yes. Two terms. Two terms. Hey. Two terms president. Um, and I had to then um, okay, what, preside over the... <laughs> <laughs> I had to preside over the 4-H club meetings. And it was the first time I'd ever been in front of a room leading the room Mm. and I remember the first time I did it and I started just intuitively making jokes Mm -hmm. and people were laughing with me not at me I was a bullied kid badly um Mm. and 
suddenly I had everyone in the room looking at me, which was a thing I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody paying attention to every word that was coming out of my mouth, which is a thing I was used to, and riding it. And mm-hmm. I was controlling that. And I was like, oh, if I ask you to look at me, and I tell you how to look at me, mm-hmm. then we can both get through this together. <laughs> and I'm gonna enjoy it, and so are you. And it was this shared experience of, um, of yeah, mutual pleasure. And I and I was like, oh yes, this, this is, is it. this is something. This so is I guess it. that yeah. that was my first space. Yeah, not the last word. Yeah. Definitely not the last, but yeah. I've talked to another performer um, about that before, too, about just the power of flipping it, um, you know, being someone who is othered and viewed to make that choice intentionally to be viewed mm-hmm. be in a way that you can control it more. And the and the power of that, for particularly for queer people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's something it's something that I've been thinking more and more about um, as I shift from like doing sort of mostly um singing and like acting into more things that uh, mm-hmm. folks have ascribed uh connotation to right mm. and I'm, I'm specifically thinking about like pole dance and like mm. floor dancing and chair dancing and like you know folks regardless of what i do or don't think about my own performance or the way that i perform regardless of like how i view the performance when i walk into the space mm-hmm. in eight inch heels and a bodysuit like folks put things on me right mm-hmm. and and they and and see me as a particular kind of performer and and assume things about the way they have access to my body mm-hmm. right and and the things i may or may not be willing to do for and with them mm-hmm. um and like you know as i spend more time like talking to you know girls who work in the strip clubs or like girls who you know who do like burlesque and and sort of this particular kind of artwork as work right what are the ways that this thing that I enjoy and like find to be really powerful and like and and gives me a way to like think about myself and hold myself in a way that Mm -hmm. I've never been able to do before Mm. um also gets muddied Mm. by you know the viewer yeah right instead of like a clear emotive uh, strategy like I can employ when I am singing, right? I'm, right. I'm like, we're going for devastated and <laughs> and hopeful at the end, right. right? And I can guide you through that in a song, right? But with pole or with floor work... It's abstract. It's abstract, right? I don't have language. I can choose right. a song, right? I can, like, choose movement, but you get to interpret that. And when that interpretation comes with all these other like hypersexualized things right. like to be clear i'm i know that like that's what people she think real about good at it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she my friend and it's distracting <laughs> <laughs> like it's hard for me because i'm for a long time i sort of stayed away from the central aspect of pole because i was like i don't want to deal with this and then i was like oh this is dumb i like all the parts and not just <laughs> some of the parts and i want to be good at all the parts because yeah. i'm a super overachiever um and what does that look like what does it look like for me to achieve new movement quality and 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 the ability to like sort of slither around on the floor in a way that doesn't hurt my body Mm. but also to to be beholden to my viewer Mm. around what that means yeah i think it's really interesting too 
we're kind of speaking about these moments where we've chosen to in from a relatively vulnerable p perspective of being in the spotlight like make Literally. the space <laughs> like command the space i think we've both also though had the experience of the opposite of coming into a space that was made for us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i'm wondering um and you mentioned earlier the audrey lord project for example mm -hmm. Um, which is, if you don't know, you should know, because we had an episode where we sponsored that, where they were uh, one of our sponsors last season. Um, Word. Uh, there are uh, LGBT, STGNC, POC organizing center uh, located in New York, Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, but there may be other organizations like that or places that we have walked into. Yeah. Um, what was the first time you, you found your folks in that way, in that kind of space? Mm. I want to say, and this was like, and people who have known me since I was like a baby, and by baby I mean like fourteen, uh, <laughs> will will laugh about this. But like, I want to say like the Spark Office, right? So it was this mm. office is where like our GSA met. It was where like a lot of stuff happened in the Spark was Office. Was this high school? Yeah, this was high school, like freshman year of high school. Uh huh. Um, and you know, I was like, oh, right, cool. Like, people who, like, don't think I'm weird, people who um, see me as my whole self, people who were like, you're queer, but it's okay that you don't know that yet, right? <laughs> people who, like, pe folks who were in Christian Club, folks who were in the GSA, mm -hmm. folks who were, you know, like, doing all, like, living all of the different aspects of my life, but who we're all in there in that room sharing mm. that space mm. together we like went and like would get breakfast and coffee and like just sit around and like shoot the shit oh, wow. early before school started like get to school early yeah to go to the spark office yes you I know and like that was like my first the first time that i was ever like oh i can like hold all of these things about myself i don't have to hide these pieces and interests and and questions and wonders um, and skills or fears from these people because maybe they don't share them, but they're not going to ostracize me for having them either. Right. I th that's something that's so I, I didn't realize until much later in life what a privilege it was to have. I didn't have the exact same thing. I, gr mm -hmm. I grew up partially in a small town, so there wasn't a GSA and da da da. But like we had the poetry slam team, <laughs> which is you know basically the same thing. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> There's something really special, I think, not special, privileged about the young people that get to have that first access to a space that is youth defined, mm -hmm. where you get to have open discourse and conversations that's not about schoolwork, it's mm -hmm. not in the home. It's like we get to be thinkers together. We get to be, and then, you know, there's the drama and like the well, who we dated and whatever, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes ongoing. those people is, yeah. like go on to become your boss like i you know <laughs> it's it's complex oh you mean in like 2018 <laughs> no no former oh. boss but like also oh, okay. like these are people like i hold their babies oh right yeah. i like go to their wedding you know like these yeah. are these are people who are still like very much oh yeah formative relationships that just my yeah. life yes yeah and i i i feel and i i want to i want you to say for yourself but i feel like I would not be, I would not have thrived in the uh, as, as long, uh, the way that I feel I am thriving now, as much as I, you know, I have my struggles or whatever, but like I would not be here if it was not for 
that space, that kind of space as a young person, those people who are willing to share that with me and the one or two adults that were able mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. unlock their classroom and mm-hmm. let us hang out in there. Yeah. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. Shout out to Mr. Wally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Shout yeah. Out. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Like I, I say to those people like often, like some of those people are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my one friend Karina in particular. Like we went to middle school together. Mm. Like when the MTA was striking, we were walking places together so we could get to school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or my dad was driving us. Um, <laughs> like this, like these, these are some people who've been in my life for as long as I have been able to conceptualize what a life is, and I, I honestly don't think that I would be in a place where I can do the things that I do, but also like exist the way that I do. Right. Had those people not been around to sort of like poke me when I was ready to like lay down in a corner and give up. Right. You know, and be like, all right, girl, you done? You finished? All right, come on. I'm pick, I'm pick you up. I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to give you this tissue and or this alcohol yeah. <laughs> and or both or my couch to sleep on or my dog to cuddle or whatever, um, or the number to a therapist, or, like, you know, like, whatever I needed, yeah. like, like those folks being able to, like, see me mm-hmm. and not see me, you know, as this, like, the, like, put-together, all-around, knows-what-she's-doing mm-hmm. self that, like, often people interpret me as, but as the, like, what-the-fuck-is-going-on self that I often am. Right. And that you had a place to meet. You had, you know, you either you were able to either make that for yourselves mm-hmm. um, on your walk to school or like in the classroom where mm-hmm. the, a teacher unlocked the door and knew and respected that you needed that space. Or maybe you had one living room that you could do that. Yeah. In yeah. And we definitely trans transitioned out of a, a classroom into a living room when yeah. when we left high school. Right. right. And like that's still living rooms. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. bars, but right. th- those 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 gathering spaces are still happening with yeah. the, with those people. Yeah, and that's it's really important. That's dope. Well, we have a very special guest today that um, is um, a phenomenal um, and very unique creator of space. So I would like to give a very special welcome to the one and only Jarvis Green, founder mm. and uh, producing artistic director Correct. of Jag Productions mm. in Vermont. Yes. Um, who I first met because of this space that they created. But Mm. before we get into that, um, can you just tell us uh, a little bit about Jag Productions? Yeah. Um, So Jag Productions is a black theater company in a very white uh, state. (laughs) So white. (laughs) It's so white. It's so white. Um, And uh, our, our mission is to bring more compassion, empathy, and love into the world through uh, black theater. Um, and so, yeah, we're going into our third season. I, um, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I sort of formalized the whole organization um, this year. So I have a board of like eight people. That's oh, so snap. legit. Yeah, that are like New York based as well as like Vermont based um, and uh, mostly POC. Um, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was operating the organization uh, for two years as a, a LLC. And this year is the uh, first year that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bringing people into the organization because it just 
takes more work than one person can do on Yard. their own. So uh, with this, like, there's a lot of like uh, growing mm-hmm. as an individual because it's like mm. you're in deep relationship mm. with people um, because uh, the people are invested in me and the work. And so therefore, uh, you know, I'm as I'm expanding as a leader, as an arts administrator, like I'm also expanding with these people. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's exciting and scary. And, um, you know, I I do feel like that I'm starting to. I am walking in the center of my purpose. Yes. And that feels really. Ooh, feels did you have a confidence in that? Yes. Yeah. Say it one more time. I am Say walking in the center of my purpose. Yes. Yeah. And I, I feel really good about that. Um, there's a lot that goes before that. But um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So that's that's a little snapshot of Jag production. That's amazing. I'm going to oh. storytell a little bit about yes, how please. I came. So. Um, Jag Productions has Jag, Jag Fest, mm-hmm. which is uh, February. Uh, February. February. Yeah. February, Vermont. In Vermont. <laughs> Black Theater Incubator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A place for um, emerging. Uh, black playwrights to develop new work. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the levels of whiteness, not just people. I'm talking blizzard level white out snow everywhere. <laughs> we are taking trains on trains oh God. to the middle of the wilderness. Cell phone reception is spotty at best. And it is, it is, we are surrounded by whiteness on all sides. Yeah. And we are a, I, I, the word that came to my mind is a coven <laughs> yes. of black theater makers. And it, yeah. I say that, that mm. came to my mind because it was legitimately not blowing smoke up your wood, whatever. One of the most magical theater making experiences that mm. I've ever had. And I heard that throughout the the group mm. that everybody was so grateful to be. I mean, most of the folks are coming from New York, yep. which is such an aggressive environment in so many ways. Yeah. And is, you know, it, it feels like, you know, you're just like screaming into a crowd and you're still invisible. And and here we were hyper visible, but hyper isolated and insulated mm. with each other. Um, forced to do nothing but work on our craft for a week and it was such a gift and so much generative work happened so much like vibration of energy and and I was particularly working on a piece that was like very ritualistic and Mm -hmm. there were five of us and we stayed in a house together that was even 30 minutes outside of like the center space (laughs) oh gosh yes like so we were doing something about black space travel and we are driving in the night in the whiteout in a car with nothing like we were traveling through space we were space traveling we were in a shuttle (laughs) way to our little pod yeah (laughs) it was phenomenal in like a snow globe in a snow globe (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) it was amazing and Mm. and it was yeah it was this this sacred space Mm. and i was so grateful for it and it was it launched me into a into a, a moment of yes mm. a moment of walking in my own purpose yep. mm-hmm. and and not just me all of us that participated in my own group and in uh yeah i can't see anyone from from that cohort um in the theater scene without like a big warm hug <laughs> mm. it's just great yeah you guys were um i think that the artists that came for jack fest like for me i i i operate a lot on like um, spirituality and mm-hmm. like feeling and um and so there are often times where i'm like god 
you know, universe, I don't know why I'm doing this thing. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, you know, my black ass is in <laughs> Vermont and I'm creating yeah. this space for uh, 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 black artists to do incredible work. And so oftentimes I'm like, ah, ah, and like New York is here. And I'm like, you know, am I going back to New York? But I'm like, no, like I'm right yeah. now. This is this is what I need to do. And like you guys made it very clear yes. for me. Um, and and in fact, I'm I'm able to sort of articulate more, you know, about what it means to sort of like have space for um, black theater artists or black artists in general mm. um, uh, that is black operated, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, and and still have the caliber and the space to do the work and not some kind of, you know, not n- not to um, uh, make less of what people do that may not be on a scale that I can bring people and house them and mm-hmm. give them cards and things like that. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I just feel like that if um, my experience working in regional theater, you know, these white centric spaces with all this money, mm-hmm. million dollar yeah. budgets to do all really? of this yeah. stuff, you know, it's like, why can't that be just for POC folk and we can have that budget and right. we can have these resources to do the work that needs to be done and that we want to do. So um, uh, that's that's my goal. That's my goal. It's yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, redistribute that wealth. Yes. Okay, come on, come reparations. <laughs> <laughs> redistribute that wealth um, and, and uh, uh, give it and put it towards uh, you guys. Um, and so I think that um, it, it, it's also like this place of becoming to mm-hmm. for me um as i'm sort of putting this work uh making this work happen like i i also feel like that i'm like becoming as you know while i'm doing the work like i'm mm-hmm. working through a lot of stuff for myself mm-hmm. as i'm mm-hmm. as i'm providing the space and i'm creating the space so um yeah. yeah it's a i turned 37 this year and like yes it's been uh, Things have shifted in a way that I I, I never um, mm. imagined, and mm. I I know there's a lot of undoing that's happening right now. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm 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 very thrilled about this, and and now is the moment, you know, for uh, especially black queer <laughs> artists. Like I'm mm-hmm. just like, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to get aboard because I'm like I I. I can't miss this moment like we mm. have to go like, yes this, right now this this right like now is the time i mean yeah. it's always been the time but there's a sense of agency that i ha- never have had before in my life even when i was here in new york working as an actor mm-hmm. and showing up to audition staying mm-hmm. out late and like you know but like, mm, i'm gonna go to the audition and i don't and like now i'm like uh <laughs> no like ev- like my life is about this work yeah yeah um and it's very clear to me um so i'm i'm very happy yes and grateful um about it all so excellent uh, word So I want to ask, like, you talked a little bit about this, like, but um, similar to the question that we were answering earlier, like, what was your first, like, space? Like, the first time you were like, ooh, yes, like, I am being, like, held in this very particular way that, like, Mm. I've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. Like, was it theater? Was it something else? Like, what, like, what was it that, like, the first time you were like, yes, this, this feeling? Yeah, it was, um. It was theater. It was mm. this uh, 
theater arts organization called Project Challenge Playhouse that was ran by a woman by the name of Diane Lee. Mm-hmm. And um, where was it? It was in Anderson, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, where I where I grew up. Um, and it was a separate program for um, from like uh, high school and middle school, um, and you had to audition. Um, and that was a place where I was like, oh, I can be creative, but I can also mm. be queer and mm-hmm. express myself and feel safe. Um, and so that that's where that's where I um, found my first space of just being like, oh, I can actually have a conversation to you about my attraction to that boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was your boy crush mm-hmm. in the theater club also? No, it was, well, yeah, that, I mean, that's like, a, it was, it was always these like, um, athletic, uh-huh. like that, 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 that silly thing that I didn't know what was going on, that yeah, sort yeah. of like, you know, I don't uh, really understand, I don't this. understand, but like, oh, but like, also it was just like all <laughs> geared to this, like, you know, um, uh, what like DL type <laughs> masculine like and I was just like and now when I think about that stuff I'm like god that was so silly like, <laughs> that was that was so silly I mean I mean it is a performative nature like yeah. you know but mm-hmm. at that time I, I was I was thinking that like oh I I um I, I want to fit into this like you know patriarchal like right you know ridiculous mm. well, uh, yeah so yeah uh, i mean there's role play that has space it, yes yeah. yes <laughs> exactly Word. exactly but that was that was his face project challenge playhouse um Word. yeah Excellent. in anderson south carolina <laughs> are you still in touch with yes she's actually um sent me a couple like instagram yes. uh, some dms yes. okay yes. just being like i'm thinking about a project for you <gasps> Um, and, uh, I want to reach out. And so, um, she's like trying to figure things out, but oh, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. She's, she's a wonderful and she let me act out. She let me act out because I wasn't getting that sort of understanding like mm-hmm. in the home. You know what I mean? Like right. I love my parents, but like they didn't quite. I was really able to express myself and in, in, yeah. in theater and just like kind of have my own emotions and and and, and I was like that I was that kid that mm-hmm. I, was, mm-hmm. I was that kid that was like the one in the like that got all the solos and the leading roles oh, yeah, and yeah. all of yeah. that so she <laughs> <you know? laughs> so um she kind of uh Diane Lee uh, she was able to like really work with me on like figuring that shit out and um, nurturing me and allowing me to sort of, you know, figure it out for myself. So very grateful for her. Very grateful. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I actually just went home to one of my hometowns, um, Mendocino, California, and Mm -hmm. we didn't have a formal theater uh, club or anything like that. There's just like one class. Mm -hmm. So I did do spoken word. That was definitely a space for me. And I was, I was always the Grand Slam champion, yes. which yes. in Mendocino kind of meant nothing. But, <laughs> um, and then uh, I was in this theater class, Dan Kozlov, who was actually the first openly gay person that I ever identified. Like he, he actually had come to my middle school before I was in high school for like the diversity day to yes. be like, hello, I am a gay. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? Yes. <laughs> 
right? Right. It was like I 98. Hello. So, so then, yeah, in high school, I, I met him again as the theater teacher. And he was obviously like very intriguing to me. And he had a husband, mm. and which obviously wasn't legal at the time, but that's what he called him, my husband. And he would, yeah, give me these roles. I, I read uh, Who's Afraid of Virgin- Virginia Woolf for the first time. And yeah. I was like 14, but I was like, yes, yelling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> and, um, and then I can't even remember what it was. Some obscure scene that he put, a, put me in and, and that he cast me as um, the, the gentleman in it. And, and, he, and I was, you know, it was another like aggressive, robust role, which I was just really enjoying. Mm. And I needed a smoking jacket for it. And he, his husband lent a smoking jacket for me to wear. And I remember this. I don't think he would remember this, but I remember afterwards he was like almost giddy came up. He's like, we just thought you look so good in that jacket. We want to give it to you. I feel like he was just seeing my little like dyke self. We want to support this. See, uh, you need this smoking see. jacket. <laughs> really? Oh, so I just saw him again for the first time in, I don't even know, like 15 years at least. Yeah. And I, he's now on the board of this, the Medicina Theater Company where I had a gig this summer. Mm. So having board meeting and I was like, Dan, and I bum rushed him and he was clearly overwhelmed. <laughs> and I was like, you were so important to me and thank mm. you so much. And, I think once you called me a little Caesar, but it was deserved. I understand that. And he was like, oh, I did? I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, I deserved it. And, and yeah, he was he was like blushing. He wasn't ready for the praise. But I, I, I just, it was really great to see him again. Mm. And yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. call you out mm-hmm. in the best way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Word. So, all right. So, magical theater. It's been beautiful. How the fuck did you get to Vermont? (laughs) 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 How many times have I (laughs) had to explain that? Sorry. Some black person somewhere in a bar is like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, oh my God. Um, So, you know, I was in the city. I had just. Um, I was doing a production of like Rent out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I came back to the city. Um, me and my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish fe- I could see this eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's radio, so I gotta, you uh, know, I, mean, I gotta say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got back to the city, and like things were things were like off. I, you mm. know, I was a, I was away for a bit they are an artist as well Mm -hmm. a dancer Mm. they weren't working while i was away shit hit the fan Mm. and like my world was like who am i what's happening um where do i go where do i um and my my dear friend jonah he who i met out in seattle um his girlfriend had been going to school um at a school near where I live now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was like, yo, come to Vermont, get a reset. Like I literally like moved mm. out of my apartment, put my stuff in storage. Like it was just like, okay, you know, I'll figure this, this out Clean in a minute. Start. Clean start. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, come like, let's mm-hmm. just like get in the soil. It's beautiful here in Vermont. And I'm like, okay, 
sure. <laughs> like, and so I, I came, um, he picked me up his, uh, he was like cleaning out his grandmother's apartment in Queens. Mm. Mm. And, um, he was like, um, I'll come get you. We'll go up to Vermont. We'll be there for the summer. And then you can just figure it out from there. But like, you know, I got you this summer, like, cause mm. I love you. And this is a big moment in your life. Um, and so I got in his car and went up to Vermont and like got in the soil and started like helping, um, started farming essentially mm. these young, um, white boys <laughs> <laughs> were, uh, growing food. They were, um, I think they're from Massachusetts. Yeah. They're growing food. But what was so beautiful about it, it was that they were building community through like ag- agriculture and like the arts. Mm. So not only like were they growing food, you know, every time you would come to pick up your vegetables or whatever, there was like some kind of performance art. There oh, was wow. some, you know what I mean? Mm. And so I was that like, sound real Vermont. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It was a community. Wait, it's CSA, Community Shared Agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, their CSA, um, and people would come and get their vegetables, and like, you know, there was theater, and uh, there was music, and I was like, oh shit, you know, and they had, you know, moved to that area and started figuring it out on their own, you know. Mm. Um, so I was like really intrigued by this idea of like people creating their own space and doing their own thing and having you know a community of people to support it so i was like hmm <laughs> <laughs> hmm this is interesting and i mean and and also at that time i was like really sick of the american theater like yeah. regional theater in general i like my whole career was regional theater mm-hmm. so it was like i was that token black person there was rarely like moments for me to tell my own yeah. damn black story right. you know always you an august know. wilson play yeah always an august all wilson. due respect but yes yes but also yes. <laughs> and 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 like i was musical theater right. so it's like oh lord <laughs> Reasons that I left. Do you tap? Are you a tap dancer? Uh, Oh, I can tap. You better be, black boy. (laughs) Reasons that I left theater because I could never, ever, ever land a musical theater role. Like, I just couldn't. And I just got tired of auditioning over and over and over and being told, like, we don't know what to do with your aesthetic. Like, da da da. I just, I just stopped. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, there was like, you know, you either, you, you know, you can feel like the uh, I feel like the the folks that were like in the ensemble like were like safe in their like queer identity mm-hmm. and like could you know tap and dance and do their thing but like if you weren't that it was like mm-hmm. then I was always playing this like you know straight like masculine mm-hmm. like person and I was just like and then right. I would like show up to these auditions I'm like I don't want <laughs> to do this it sounds and exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting um and so where were we we're, um so you massachusetts boys csa yes vermont boys yeah, yeah. vermont boys yeah <laughs> vermont boys creating the space and then so i um i started this um also it was by diane lee who just like i was just like watching how she would gather people when i was um mm. really young but and so i was like i'm gonna start uh 
you know, a community arts organization. Mm. Uh, there was nothing happening in the town where I was at the time. Mm. Um, and so I created this organization called Barn Arts um, in the town of Barnard, <laughs> Vermont. Okay. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm also like working things out. I was just yeah. like, I still want to be creative. I still want to build community and whatever. Um, and, and so being super like passionate about the work, but like also noticing that, you know, we're not really, we're still not talking about my black ass. Right. Like, like we're still not doing that. Um, and so from there, I went to um, a community and arts organization called Artistry, um, where a woman by the name of, um, and she was like, hey, can you start a theater program for my um, arts organization? I was like, sure. Like, absolutely. So, like, Barn Arts is now thriving. I, like, you know, I, I, I left that organization, and I'm now starting this uh, theater program for the, yes. Had you been, like, a starter of organizations before? No. So, wh- yeah, what did what's I just inspired paid, you? I, I just, like, paid attention hmm. working in regional theater. Mm. I was just always, mm. like, surprised and amazed at, like, oh, like, I get this check and like there's a dresser that will, you know, um, wash my clothes every night after a show. There is, um, uh, you know, I I didn't really know the sort of professionalism of theater before I got a professional gig, like just like designers and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I was like, oh, my God, like this is this is amazing. Like, you know, there's and like mm. people are like tracking these things of like time and I get a paycheck and like I get a fitting and like I'm like oh shit so I just started paying mm. attention that like in these like white centric regional theater spaces where there's money like there was systems there, there was, was systems. infrastructure there was yeah. infrastructure mm. there and was it, infrastructure it also right. sounded like you were you were also noticing the gaps right so you saw where there are things that were yeah. And you saw where there were not yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, um, you know, and in that, you know, there was, I was sort of operating out of a vacuum, but, like, things were moving. So, I like, I created this theater program for um, this woman. And uh, a, a year and a half after I started doing that, like, I got this call to, like, do this world premiere of this new musical out in Seattle. Mm. And I was like, okay, like, I... I kind of want to do this. And um, I, and so I did that. I stepped down from my position there. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, she, like, called me and was like, your work is valuable. Mm. Like, I want to contribute to, you know, the work that you bring into the world. Like, I'm willing to write X amount of dollars. Wow. And, um, you know, if you want to start your own thing, this is the offer. Wow. This is like Harlem Renaissance, like benefactor level. Totally. Amazing. Totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's incredible. Totally. And um, it was like actually like right after Philando Castile oh, wow. um, was murdered. So I, I took a moment to really think about like if I'm going to start an- another initiative, like what it what will it be? Yeah. And then I really sort of interrogating like my experience in, in, in the American theater and regional theater in general. I was just like, this is what 
I want to spend my time and energy yeah doing um and that's how jag was formed so i have a i have a i'm you know my my mind is turning and sort of imagining this um you know this this narrative development that you're describing like mm. from from wandering musical theater boy who can tap to <laughs> 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 um and but you know i know ashoka knows you know that it's hard work it's hard work, and so I'm curious, two levels. One, mm. what is it that you think about that not only you wanted to start something that's different because it's explicitly for black folks or African-American or POC or you know what have you, but different, what do you want to do different? What, how are you thinking about it being something different? Mm. And now we're dancing. <laughs> yes, there's and a beautiful that, yes, thing that's happening. Yes, yeah. This man is too visual for yeah. this medium. <laughs> Mm. Wow. I mean, um, there is a brilliant woman that's on my board from Haiti. Mm. And she has been kind of poking me about this idea of bringing more compassion, empathy, and love into the world through the lens of black theater. Mm -hmm. You know, in this regional theater kind of model. And she's like, but what is that? Like what? How does one do that? What is that? And I, and what I really, what I've been thinking about is that what made Jack Fest so special, and it was black, queer POC folk. Come on, come through. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want to do differently. Yeah. I want black queer people at the center yeah. of mm. that. Yeah. Um. And that. And yeah. And and that's that's what I want to do differently, and that being the 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 focus, mm -hmm. you know, zooming in on that mission. Like, yes, it's black theater, but like black queer theater yes. or like black queer artists. Like, that's that that's where my my head is right now because excellent. It, those are the <laughs> those are the people that yeah. um you know uh, were that made Jack Fest so special and made. I I mean I I really do feel like that. Although I was in my second year when you guys came for Jagfest, like that was the launch of the company. Mm. I tell oh. my entire board that like wow. they all know they're like, oh, this is why I decided to mm. put my resources into da 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 because wow. that was magical. Yeah. Well, and I yeah, I'm I'm feeling compelled like black queer folks specifically mm -hmm. have historically been the the creators of the initiators mm -hmm. of culture the language that we all use if uh, i can clap loud right now <laughs> but i know these microphones <laughs> yes lord yes yes, yes. Ah. i mean contemporary culture is driven there's a there's an underground bedrock of queer a lot of um a lot of femme particularly queer right. femmes mm. leading the way in the way that we speak to each other, the way we move, the way that we comment on our world, the, you know, the masters of shade, which is, which goes back to a slave legacy. Like right. we learned right. shade so that we could talk about the things we wanted to talk about under right. the guise of being funny. Mm -hmm. And that comes from an alt and other a queerness. I think both overtly 
explicitly and also and subversively. in yeah in yeah. sort of the broader definition of queer like other alts right like those that dare to be different mm-hmm. right right and you know we, i i name check the harlem renaissance but there is so much i think we're still unearthing the ways in which the leaders of the harlem renaissance were were if not in the lifestyle full out were definitely dabbling right. i think that was a whole big old that, gay sex fest look <laughs> i keep telling I'm people so i am sure that that like I, and I think you you said this really well like this idea of like black queer folks being the driving force yeah. for the ways that art and creativity have existed in this country like it just it's always there yeah. should you care to look yeah. right and so often what we see is we get something on its face mm. right we, we might get a face we might get a name and we'll only look so deep into it. Ooh, yeah. And then, you know, the person you, you're like, oh, yeah. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, they, they were sleeping with this other person, right? Mm-hmm. Like Somebody's meemaw comes around and got pictures from the salon that they were having um, where, you know, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Everybody who was anybody. And, and that anybody-ness and everybody-ness is radically different now than it was then, you know? Right. Because there are the way that I have heard this explained is there it was about who not who you were but what you brought to the space and mm-hmm. and and the ways in which you really held other people as opposed to like what we often see now is like this cnbc right mm. and and the ways in which black queer folks stayed making space for themselves because they knew if if we don't make our own damn space yeah. who's gonna do it and I think that so much of the way that I am rethinking about the Harlem Renaissance and rethinking about um, the Black Arts Movement of the of the sixties and seventies really is driven by this like, what were queer Black folks doing, and how did that get painted over mm. by um, heteronormative ideas? I think what you're what you're dancing around is like a necessity to create space for survival that comes particularly from a locus of queerness, of right. queer, even from, you know, you are in the ostracized community of blackness and within that you are ostracized right. for being queer. So therefore, if we do not cultivate the space, we will die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you guys are both articulating that in a way that, um, you know, I, I, I think my natural kind of response to like why, why in Vermont why da 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 it's like this I like you know now that I'm thinking when I think about it deeply it's just like yo I like I need a space like I yeah. need a space to thrive and like and and to do this work so it's just it's yeah you know yes. what you guys are saying is just fucking amazing (laughs) it's amazing because like a lot of that was left out of my learning Mm -hmm. yes a lot like most yes i'm learning i'm I'm, like that makes such perfect sense right now right you know um but i'm learning this now right Mm -hmm. so i had a twitter argument with a good friend the other day well (laughs) about this because there there was this whole thread i literally lost an hour of my life i don't regret it to uh, Whitney mm. and her lesbian relationship with Robin. Y'all know about this? No. Oh, yes. we're linked to the show notes. Whitney uh, who? Also, Whitney Houston. Houston. You didn't know? Oh, 
I, well, I mean, I knew that Whitney, um, but I didn't know there was oh, there's there are receipts. names. There's receipts. There's receipts. Her whole okay. So I watched the Whitney documentary. My girlfriend's. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Obsessed. Is it good with Whitney? Okay, we'll link to all of this. Okay. Sure yes. Okay. Thank oh you. my god. But the point is, so I lost. For, you know, I'm in it. This thread is is so well well resourced. There are clips, video clips, <laughs> audio, uh, audio clips. Uh, uh, so you got to be clips. a fool to not know. Oh my god, it was yeah. So I lost an hour of my life, and it was worth every minute. And so I'm tweeting about it like, oh my god. And then my friend, also black, also queer, but coming from a different perspective. And I, so she said, she said, I do not know whether or not Whitney was gay. Same thing with um. What's his name? Deep voice. Uh, Luther. 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 And she's saying they did not say it. Say it. Therefore, mm. we ought to leave them alone. Now, let's entertain this for a moment. Yeah. What yeah. she's speaking to is we are currently still in a cultural climate in which there is deep stigma and um, it complicates and problem problem problematizes your life to be associated with queerness even as it's being like exotified and exemplarized and pedestalized right now it is still not the right. ideal way to be right, right. and and especially and if you're not a white especially man. If you're not a white man right and so what she's saying is you know let their legacy live without you know having to drag them into that stigma right but I see. but honestly with all love to this person, so I'm not naming them. Fuck them. Fuck that. Not fuck them. Fuck that. Yes, I agree. Because I think that culture will move past this moment. It's already moved past where it was, even when we were young things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so, as you were just saying, I didn't learn until my 20s about Langston Hughes being gay. And in his time, he was closeted. Mm-hmm. I did not learn about, you know, Zora having her moments. I didn't learn about those things until way too late and that was not given to me when I was discovering myself and discovering my identity I was forming myself in isolation of context in isolation of legacy in isolation of history of ancestors Mm -hmm. and I it was isolating and further depressing and demoralizing to who I was at my core Mm. and so to be denied these cultural uh icons as a part right. of my ancestry is a right. harm. It's right. Har- like it's yeah. it's so It's un- to me it it it's we talked about this in our Audrey Lord uh thing episode and then I heard um Agent Marie Brown talk mm. about it a little bit more. But you cannot science tells us like you can't conceptualize future ways of being mm. if you have never seen said way of being right? right we are we are we are creatures that that's that's how our brains work right is fucking science limited. <laughs> fucking science right and and most people's brains work like there are some people who can, who can imagine things beyond our ability to see hear understand them yeah. and we call those people crazy or genius right yeah. or both right mm-hmm. right and then often when they're black children we call them crazy yes mm-hmm but to say mm-hmm. to someone, you should not make the space to allow folks who 
do hold these multiple pieces of identity to be held in that way by folks who are coming along behind them continues the harm that you were just talking about, right? Like, why, why do I have to hold that? Why is it unsafe, quote unquote, for us to teach small children that the people that they love, right, the people they look up to, the people their parents look up to, folks they've been hearing about their whole lives, exist in a way that, that, that we understand to be queer, yeah. right? Why, why, what, what is dangerous about that, right? And I think the, the, the insidious nature of that kind of comment of don't attach queerness to their legacy is queerness is still seen as dirty. Right. It is yeah. still seen as wrong. It is still look. seen as deviant. And as long as we continue to perpetuate right. that idea, mm-hmm. we will not move past that mm-hmm. point. Right. And I, th- I think, to again, to, to give credit to the person who was defending this, I think what what she's talking about more is the intention of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is a Twitter conversation. Right, we so all it's know open forum. Twitter's a mess. Right, <laughs> it's, right. It's literally... Hashtag facts, no printer. Yeah, yeah le- leading us into <laughs> national disaster <laughs> right now as we speak. It might be nuclear war outside. We don't yeah. know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so, yes, we understand that. So I think, you know, there are definitely some who came to sling mud, right? Mm. There are folks who might be coming across that that conversation discourse, which was started by a, a black queer woman, who the one who made the beautiful thread. You know, she's trying to she's trying to give props where props are due. She's trying to say, look at how beautiful this was. Look at how cute this is. Whatever. And there's many people on there being like, their relationship was so beautiful. It's so cute. Until and then it was really it. tragic. Yeah. Oh but, God. But there are some that are going to use that just to talk shit, just to um, sully a person's memory, just to talk about how someone to troll for the sake of trolling. Right. And so I, I do I do say like, okay, maybe we need a little a little breath, like, you know, I mean I don't know, Whitney died like, how many years ago? <laughs> Seven. Yeah, it's not it's not I enough. Think, it's yeah. sad. I mean, I'm I wish she was still with us. I know. But still, like I think at a certain point we we need to talk about it. Yeah. We, we do. We need to. <clears throat> we need to be able to give them the the honorific, the mantle of being a part of our legacy and history that they weren't able to take in life. Mm. Right. We need to give them that honored throne. Right. Say welcome. Absolutely. We welcome you. We we will crown you here. Absolutely. Right. And like I, uh, the hard thing with Whitney is is because they're because often people associate like these notions of her sexuality with also some trauma that she experienced. Right. Um. There, there. I, I hear that, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I really do want to hold the folks who are like, no, this, this, conflating these two things moves us backwards and not forwards, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I that's also, not a t- oh, I also really, I do want to like challenge this idea that like that those spaces. Right. And the people who who were not able to fully step into that space in their lives, but who we can, you know, you know, I the I think of the, the video that's like, is this white um, person who uh, is like the first trans uh, doctor like they, they like live their life as a man. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it, you know, later when I think when they died, the, right. <laughs> uh, they found out you were right. And so it was just like. They're like the first woman who lived their life in a man. I'm like, why would you not? This person literally used he, him pronouns their right. whole life 
and now you what no yeah. right like what are the ways that we can honor self-identification mm. right what are the ways we can honor like the ways people choose to show up when they are alive but also hold the 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 layered choices that they made in their lives yeah, yeah. and i i think there's there is a way to do both and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't got it off the top of my head right now <laughs> But we can continue to consider it. Yeah. I think we need a refill. Yeah. Let's, let's get a refill. Yeah. Uh, so as you are sharing this with friends and fam, having continuing the conversation, use the hashtag cheers the letter N queers and hashtag pod in on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow us on Twitter at cheers, the letter N queers and follow us there to tell your friends, meet some cuties, tell us what you're drinking. Talk about the spaces that have changed you, that have uh, given you hope, that have um, shifted your perspective of self, that you long for imaginary spaces. Tell us more. Yes. Imagine better worlds. (laughs) Um, Rate us on iTunes. Um, Leave comments. I know y'all know I love the comments. Like I was looking at this the other day and I was like, I don't know. There's a there's one here from March that I don't know if we ever read. Um, it's from Mrs. Will Shakes. Um, and it says, For everyone, however you identify, you'll learn something here and you'll always wish you were in the room. Can't wait for more. Thanks, um, Mrs. Shakes. Oh my god, that's amazing. Also, hashtag five star. Yes. <laughs> five star forever. Rate us five star. Um, so we love hearing from you. It helps people find the co- the podcast and it really allows us to like think about, you know, what we're doing and, and, and the ways we can make it better. You know what? I mean, this thing about... The, um, what you guys are saying especially with Whitney like it's so toxic mm-hmm. um just from like a personal experience and like I have these conversations with my family and mm. so therefore you know I'm not as I was thinking about like whether or not I'm gonna like have this say this right now I I, I talked to them about this but you know there is a f- we have a family member that is um we all have known mm-hmm. that they were gay. Mm-hmm. We all have known it, and now, now it now it's getting to a place where it has gone off like the deep end on <laughs> how they on how they engage what's going on. They're mm-hmm. they're 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 like closing off, and oh, like no. our family is like really tight, and da 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 da, and so. You know, when I was having this conversation with my sister and I was like, but we all knew this. Like we all knew, you know, and my sister said to me, but they didn't they they didn't tell me. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. And 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 what's happening is so reckless right now because of the, the 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 toxic nature of them not being able to really like express themselves and be free. Right. You know, um, and and waiting for waiting for um, like our family waiting for them to like t- 
us to tell right. for them to tell them that like oh x y and z in this like toxic world of like oh if right. i say that i'm queer or blah 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 like you know you you die from that mm. you know what i mean and so therefore they've been holding this mm. and and it's getting to a place where it's just like oh shit like something is wrong something is off yeah. um and and as we're like talking about it folks are still saying but they didn't tell me yet i'm going back to the theme of space like f- i think for a lot of folks especially a lot of black folks but folks of color the first space and an essential space is family mm. and that's a space that's really really hard to give up like i have white friends that I have literally just like been like fuck my dad fuck my mom bye peace i'm out yeah. I, I mean, I have black friends have done that as well, but t- more often than not, my black folk friends um, feel that that's something that's too, um, too precious, too priceless to get rid of, and and for some sometimes like very legitimate material reasons or uh, reasons of not feeling safe in the rest of the world right. because of blackness, right. And so what's interesting is that this person is seems to be still involved in the space of your family, but that space doesn't have the language even mm-hmm. for who they are. And they're you're you're I'm I'm reflecting what you're saying. They are shrinking. Yeah. And and, and I'm and I'm I'm st- I'm the radical person, right? right? Mm. In a in a huge family right. of people that also think that like oh no I didn't tell me yet like mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I'm, st- I'm like no this isn't radical at all mm-hmm. like you know like let's yeah. le- uh, uh, you know let's move past this like oh we know but we're not talking about it right black folks to, love like, that let's shit talk, let's <laughs> talk about it like this let's is make this the space the psychological space let's make the fucking space like yeah. I mean seriously I I yeah, so I um, I'm also like learning that, um, like with black families and with like my particular family and my and again, I have these conversations with my family, so it's not like I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. outing my family in this podcast right now. It's just <laughs> like, you know, I mean, just the it, it it took me a while to honor, um who I am as like an individual and not necessarily um, giving my family so much of like space and a pedestal to the sort of decide Mm -hmm. for me on how I'm going to like talk about my own Mm -hmm. black ass queer self Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like you know i'm just like no you actually you if if you're not engaging in this yeah if you're not living this then yeah yeah you can't uh, you don't have anything to talk (laughs) about yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was really I really was thinking about that recently. So my my dad's a physician and which means a lot of his friends are also physicians and you know, they've known me my whole life, mm-hmm. right? And I, I I keep a few of them on as my 
like doctors that I go to, but like as we've talked about, like I'm I was talking about this yesterday. Like I am I am Thanos. I am like building the magical infinity like medical team of like all queer black baddies. Mm. <laughs> but does that mean you're gonna destroy half the population when you get that all together or what? Uh, you know Please I mean that's we, what needs uh, to happen. Mm. We need to start we need to <laughs> oh, no. do over. <laughs> or I'll just <laughs> or I'll just be healthy. Like I don't. <laughs> okay, you'll be, okay, you destroy half of the microbes the sh- in your body. Like the shenanigans the that's going on <laughs> in my body. Um, but you know, this is a perfect like microcosm of this larger thing. So like, my dad, I go see you know my eye doctor. You know his son is there, and so you know it's like the thing. Like now we're all grown ups, right? It's not like before when we were all like, you know, you know his son is is significantly older than I am, but like. It's not like before when he was like taking care. Like how old? He he's, I want to say he's in his late thirties, mm-hmm. and I'm 29. Okay. So he like he used to like watch me and my sure. sister. Like yeah, he yeah. he's older. Yeah. Big brother type. Um, yeah. Right, and he's known me my whole life. Yeah. Um, and as has you know this doctor. And so I think we were talking about Spike Lee, right? So they were talking about Black Klansman. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, mixed. Yeah. yeah. And so they were saying, you know, definitely returning to Spike of old, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, that's cute. Um, I, I enjoy Spike Lee as a director, but I I don't love the way that he treats black women. I especially don't love the way he treats black queer women. Mm -hmm. And then the shit started. They went ready. And I was like, (laughs) they were like, oh, what you mean? I was like, well, you know, right. Right. (laughs) I should have known a room full of a a room full of straight cis black man. Mm -mm. No, no time. And and so I was like, oh, you know, he really treats uh, queer black women as stereotypes as 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 uh, items for the male gaze and consumption and not as their own independent, like, and they were like, what are you talking about, da-da-da? And I was like, oh, I'm going to give you a concrete example. Daddy, remember how you told me not to watch uh, She Hate Me? Too bad, I stole your DVD and I watched it. So, <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> in the movie, you know, and I'm just going to spoil this, like, in the movie at the end, like, Anthony Mackie's character gets together with his ex-girlfriend and his ex-girlfriend's girlfriend. Right. Right. So then they like start this like polyamorous co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Right. And I was like. Dream. First of all, <laughs> that's a cis black man like fantasy. fantasy. Right. Second yeah. of all, most. It yeah. yeah it, it was completely unrealistic. Like what's her faces? The Latinas woman character like com- like really wasn't into men at all. Like it was just the whole thing. And it's he- it's horrible. First yeah. of all, all the no, sex scenes I've are terrible. Yeah. Um, second of all, Anthony Mack is not even that cute. Third of all, wait, who is it? Anthony Mackie. Um, he's in, he's in the Marvel movies. He's uh, he is? Oh. he's uh, Falcon. Thank you. He's not cute in this movie though. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But it's it's this whole thing, and I'm 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 literally trying to explain like, that's not how queer women do things like if you're not into if you're not into men like it doesn't matter how much you want to have a kid you're not gonna sleep with no dude like you know i'm I'm really trying to explain this concept to them Mm -hmm. and they're like and i'm saying like as my lived experience the way that i know queer women to to be in the world and they're like no um i've seen these lesbians out here with babies (laughs) And did it, and I'm like, I'm, I was, I legitimately was like, how many black queer women are in there in the room right now? Right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> how 
many of you have like lived an experience where you have to like think about, oh, how am I going to have a child? What are the legal rights that any sperm donor has to my kid? Like, did I, how many how many of you have thought about this? None of you. None. Like, I'm I'm letting you know, like, this is where I am. But their their knowledge, quote unquote, of how quote unquote right. people are, completely trumped my right. lived experience and we've understanding. We've been too much of chameleons. We've been too, we've always tried, like I mean I know me. It's like yeah. always trying to like fit in and like mm. you know like make people feel comfortable mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so they, they, it gives them power to think that they know about my fucking life and it's right. like no you don't actually like sit down well and i think also i mean going to the theme of 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 media making a, a piece of artwork that is distributed widely and consumed widely mm. you know i wouldn't you know you could argue that spike lee's early work is not quote-unquote widely distributed as much as like a marvel but still he's he's definitely a part of our canon and it's definitely American more distributed cinema, now right? so the, the i think what you're speaking to is like has there been a lesbian couple that has decided to father children, allow a, man, a cis man to father their children? Sure, of course. But is that the normative narrative okay. for lesbian and queer women? No. What, what narratives do you see in cinema of queer women of color having children? Zilch. None. Zero. None. None. You see Spike Lee's fantasy version mm-hmm. of queer women having children in which it has to center a man, a mm-hmm. cis man. I'm not saying that no- doesn't exist. I'm not saying there aren't reasons why that might be beneficial to all parties. But the fact that that is the narrative that we receive and therefore these men surrounding you, invisibilizing and erasing your experience get to say with authority, no, I know it because I saw it in a Spike Lee movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And yeah, then they're like, oh yeah, and what about she hate me? And I'm like, don't not don't she hate me. She's another, gotta have it. Oh, she gotta have Ugh. it. Now. <laughs> like don't that's like so that's another one that centers men, right? Like it just it's like the this whole this concept that you're really talking about in like in terms of like creating space where people can see it, mm. right? And who gets to see it and how they they interpret and experience that space is really important. And I and I I agree with you. I don't. I literally cannot think of another lesbian couple where there are people of color um where they decide to have children with the exception of the fosters right and and i don't think about that or i don't call that to he- to mind immediately because one of the women in that partnership is white right and they adopt their children right and it's a super homoanalogative but that's a homo- <sighs> but okay so <laughs> people of color that term we can talk about it later oh well 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 yeah, we, yeah. I, I don't know why it brings things up for me like i love like, yeah. that you said that yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway. We could do a whole episode. <laughs> we could. We could. Yeah, you have to come back. On <laughs> that. <laughs> well, okay. Couple of things. One, I kind of wanted to return back to this whole idea of the black family as space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I think that we were sort of having our frustrations around for different reasons. Mm. I think there's a there's a polar end that you started to bring up, Jarvis. That and then you started to sort of get in the center of it of. I don't want to put too much on it in terms of I don't I, I don't feel in a place to put a fine point on it. And also, you know, I have a, a very fraught and um, unintimate relationship with my black family. It's mm. very like in passing one individual at a time. I mm. was not raised in the bosom of my black family, which is, you know, that's a whole other thing, too. But um, so I'm not going to have any like thesis statement about it. But what I'm hearing 
And what I've observed and what is fascinating, I think, is, you know, as black people in America, mm. we are constantly in a struggle for our survival. And mm. therefore, space, um, literal physical space, and also the social space of being in around people that love us is so essential to our survival. And for many of us, that begins and, for better or for worse, ends with our family. Mm. And I think as queer black people, we struggle with this dynamic of we need our family, but can we be in our family? Right. And, I mean, part of the reason why I don't have a tight relationship with my family, other than the fact that I come from an ancestral history of black sheep or the black sheep, whatever, even as I've re-met people on my own terms, I am afraid to come out to them. I can't have a full relationship with them because I cannot tell them who I fully am. Yeah. Mm. And that is a terrifying and humbling sorrow that I hold with me every day. And so I think about your family member that you talked about who is literally shrinking themselves because no one will speak what they are. And you who says, don't you dare speak what I am because you don't know. (laughs) And you similarly, Ashoke, who's saying you uh, don't even have the, the, the conceptual imagination to talk about who I am and what I am. And yet here we are needing them, trying to engage with them. Mm. Still. <laughs> right. Still. <child>. And, Still. <laughs> and, and then we also do, we create chosen family, right? We create outside of it. But I don't think that, I don't think that for many of us, the option to completely dissolve our, our birth family, our blood family is, is a viable option or a desirable option. Yeah. I oftentimes hear folks, folks will, black folks will tolerate unspeakable harm Mm. unspeakable harm from their families in the name of keeping that kind of relationship absolutely you know and i like i'm can't even begin to describe the things that i have heard people tolerate in in the name of this happened to me but but that's family that's that's family right you know, and, and what does it mean to exist in a world where you are in a space um, mm. where you either can't be your full self or your full self is always going to be othered, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or a um, problem. Right, a problem or, or a secret or mm-hmm. the elephant in the room. Mm. Um, what does it mean to, to be in that space? And be told, you can come, but you can't bring mm. whomever with right. you. Right. Right. Like. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I wish somebody would. Anyway. Um, Wait, I got a quick story. Mm-hmm. I think last season I told you all about prepping to go to a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Ooh. didn't follow up. Did the I audience know? didn't. The audience didn't get a follow up I about that. I can't. This. Ooh. I might be telling stories. How do you school. prep to go to holidays? Well, I wanna, I'm no, I'm go. telling you. I re-listened to our episodes recently. You didn't tell us how. You didn't tell the audience <laughs> how the visit went. I don't remember. What? Okay. No, things are good. Things are fine. <laughs> I was like, things are fine. I remember. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's good. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but the funny thing is, there was this one holiday. It wasn't even last christmas it was like two three christmases ago but like there was this whole thing about like well you know you can't come and bring kiria here to spend the night because my sister's coming and i don't want her to know about your lifestyle this is 10 years after oh my god right lifestyle i rebuke the enemy right but here's the thing 
The devil is real. So we we did it anyways. <laughs> we stayed there. Everything. We then like a whole like weekend passes. Every everybody celebrates. Everybody is Christmas. It's all fine. We're packing to leave. We got our suitcases. We're on the way out. Auntie, who's not supposed to know about our lifestyle, <laughs> literally turns to us and goes, "Oh, you both live in Brooklyn." <laughs> She's been with us the whole weekend, and it's like, "Oh, you live in the same city." <laughs> no, woman, uh, we've been staying in the same bedroom. But if you didn't notice, bless your heart. <laughs> That's amazing how people just go on the deep end about our very nature. Like just as like juxtaposed against like my mom and aunts who are like, you know, they they so one time, like the first time I brought a partner home, um, they stayed in the house in the bed with me um at my aunt's house. The right? first time. The first you time. You bold. <laughs> Come on, yes, it's a new earth. <laughs> I was like, it's a new day. Who gonna check me, boo? Um, and then my aunt, I was like, oh, we were gonna come, we were gonna come down because like something happened. Somebody got sick, so we were gonna come down. And she was like, well, I have this rule for my children mm. that they can't bring their boyfriends over and have them stay in the house mm-hmm. um, until they're married. Right, right. And I didn't enforce that rule with you, but this is your partner's, so you gotta follow the rules too. And I was like, damn, right. But okay, wow. that's fair. That's, <laughs> I was like, it was one of those things where I was like, here's this person like right. recognizing, yeah. this but is not your little friend. That's actually nice. Which is that's, how they I, often refer the to people. Yeah. And she was like, because my children were like, oh, so you Lady Shuke bring? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I it I had I have to be fair, right? Right, and that means that right, you, you know, this is it. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> And so it's it's not like now that I am trying to like bring uh, my girlfriend to meet my mom, I'm like, damn, mm. we gotta find some place to stay. Mm. Like, right, we Airbnb. can't just stay in my mama's basement. No. Like, yep. you know, I have a I have a um, a family member that like constantly thinks that they want me to get married with mm. children. Oh, I mean, and I love kids. Like. Right. I, I'm gonna be a dad someday. Yay. Like, and I feel very like strongly about that. Mm, yeah. And so I'm 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 dating a, a trans man right now, mm-hmm. and you know he's very like open about it, and like I'm open about it with my family. But like this family member still is saying like, oh, like you're gonna have like babies, like, and I'm just like, yes, but like you know, it's complex. Like, it's complex. Like, don't just be like putting your like. Heteronormative, no. like, no, right. like, no. Oh, God. Uh, they're like, oh, great. So that means, like, wow. Do they have the parts? <laughs> wow. Oh, no chill. No, no yes. chill. Like, literally. Black family members be like, no, like, literally. Literally. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Mm. Okay, so I'm looking at time. This is delightful. I think we should move to close. I have mm. one final question for you before we move to a toast. Mm. Mm-hmm. We asked this of our guests. Yeah. What are you a nerd about? Oh, my God. That's a great question. What am I a nerd about? How quickly do people respond to me? <laughs> Sometimes people are like, I'm not a nerd. And I'm like, I've heard you wax poetic about economics. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people are like, oh, Sailor Moon. <laughs> so yeah. It's totally up to you. <laughs> what am I a nerd about? 
I'm a nerd about cooking. Oh. I'm a nerd about cooking. I'm very, um, I'm very, like, when it comes to, like, things that, like, go in my body. Mm. And I, I, I love beautiful ingredients. And I like to cook really delicious meals mm. and i follow recipes to the end like i'm I, like i'm a nerd about eating yes. yes can you delight us with something like a fact or a like it could be a cooking utensil that you love it could be an ingredient it could be a recipe yeah like um uh this recipe that i love um it's it's like a gateway to a lot of my relationships with people like mm. i make a a, a curry mm -hmm. that um and maybe you had wait did you come on the first you do you remember the first night oh yeah that dish you made that that yeah that was oh snap that that's like absolutely me Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay go on yeah and, and and so like i wow I, build the house and make the meal <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the gateway mm. of um, uh, how I prepare food and like w how people respond to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I get very like nerdy about it because like I know like what I how specific I am about it mm. and how people respond to it. Like, it's just like, I know you're going to like, like this. Oh. I know you're going to fucking like this food. Um, That's and both I, tender and sexy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on. Come, yes. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm really nerdy about that. I, I love beautiful ingredients. I love cooking. I, I like, on a day-to-day -day basis like i like my fridge is like always like full of mm. wonderful things and you know um it's always ready for someone to just like randomly come over and eat a good meal and share a good meal so i'm nerdy about food yeah i'm nerdy about food that's excellent, that's excellent. <laughs> yeah lactose to the groom to the groom to the groom to the groom to the bride to the bride all right I think um, I have a toast in mind. Yeah? Yeah. Yes! You're gorgeous. Both of you are so, like, everybody in this room right now is like, I, I've never felt so comfortable in my life. Oh! oh. Space! <laughs> we did it! <laughs> I'm like, shit. Like, it's I'm the gin. <laughs> well, yes. Hunting. I can't. Ah, but also, yeah, no, you guys are beautiful. Oh, thank you. We're so glad you came. Yeah, this has been you. excellent. Thank you. So we made we we uh, Googled <laughs> and made this gin cocktail, an old Vermont in your honor. <laughs> you are the new Vermont, of course. Yes. And Facts. So we're sipping on the old Vermont. Mm, reclaiming. And so I want us to raise our glasses of the old Vermont. Um, and each of us will go around and we're going to give a toast to um, what is a space you are looking forward to inhabiting soon? And it could be as casual as my bed or it could be as uh, fantastical as some other realm that we have yet to imagine. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a space. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about inhabiting... Um, for Jack Fest this year, mm. um, my entire focus is around black women. Yeah. Black, Whoop. you know what I mean? Y'all ready for <laughs> it? <laughs> 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 I'm 
I, I'm ready to get my motherfucking life just like like create like bringing the people together and like watching the magic and so i'm i'm really excited about that that's in february 2019 yes yeah. you heard it here first yes go to jackfest.org uh j- just jack productions we jack don't productions, have any right. any that's information on it yet correct. but we like yeah. i'm just i'm like, excited shit, for it. i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah um, I am looking forward to inhabiting my 30s. Mm. I think that it is something that people have been like telling me about and like It's great. Come on over. I need this fucking Saturn returns to be over. Um, and it's just like I'll have my degree, I'll be like moving into like whatever the next phase of my life is like i'll start moving out of this sort of liminal limbo thing i've been doing Mm. um yeah so yeah definitely looking forward to that Mm. coming to you february 2019 okay yes yes february it will be a time um i'm looking forward to i went through several ways to categorize this but there's been some transitions in my mm-hmm. um, heart space lately. Um, it's been equal parts grieving and joy. Mm. And uh, one of the things that is um, surfacing out of that is a very profound um, level, new level of knowing myself. And, you know, so I'm grateful for that. And I'm just aware so much of how I, you know, picturing the capacity of my, my heart space as a, as a bottle or a jar, I have skimmed like the top, you know, the top 10%. Mm. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to the space in my heart, the deep Mm. well that is within me that, um, if I allow myself that vulnerability to open up, um, um, a profound new way of being will be Ooh. ready for me. So, Sean <laughs> Yes. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. It's a wrap, y'all. We did it. We did it. Um, that was one for the books. If you're enjoying the music in this episode, which you should be, uh, the opening song is by B. Steadwell. We have songs throughout by Boom Scott and Abel Schiffera. And you can find uh, B at bsteadwell.com and Boom Scott at boomscott.com. And Abel Schiffera is out here in these Brooklyn streets. <laughs> so we are a member of the Gifted Sounds Network. This episode was produced by myself, Ishoke, and Kiria, uh, with support from Lynch John and edited by Giselle Hernandez. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Ch- ch-